Uh, who wrote the book? Uh, we're in the book of what? First Peter. Who was written by Peter? He was one of the twelve disciples. He uh, he and he wrote it to who? Believers who are what? Scattered. Scattered. That means they were away from home. They were away from their homeland. Okay, so you're like scattered. I don't know what it means. It's like birdseed. Yeah, uh, they were they were away from home. So look, we're going to stand together and and uh, in 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 honor just to remind us of God's word being holy and perfect. First First Peter uh, chapter four is going to read verses seven through eleven. Just follow along with me, beginning in verse seven. And this is what it says: it says the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self controlled and sober mind. Minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles or the very words of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we just need you in this place. I need you in this place. Uh, not for the students or adults that are in this room. I need you for me, uh, Lord, just to uh, understand your word and to apply it to my life. Uh, and God, may we, 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 we take what we learn and what we hear and may we respond to it. May we not become numb to it, but may we respond to it. And may we follow you wherever we go, whether it's at school or work, out in a store, or even in our very own homes, Lord. May we just look and live like followers of you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody have a seat. One of the best things about having kids when you're a preacher is telling stories about your kids because they're relatable and so but see there's and so so when your kids are are small uh it's easy you can tell stories all the time because your kids don't know you're telling stories about them most time they're not even in the room and uh even if you, you do they don't care but then it gets this time when they get into your youth group and all of a sudden you just can't use the stories because you don't want to embarrass your kids so you're trying to look out for them and it slips from time to time you still got to use it every now and then you've heard me tell a story or two uh, of my kids but I, I don't use them near as much as I used to um, but then something really cool occurs your kid goes off to college and he's no longer in the youth group so you, you know what that means Fair game for Noah stories, right? So, um, so uh, y'all, uh, so, sorry, son, but not sorry because you did some of this stuff and it's your fault. Um, now, it's always funny to me of my kids what they've been scared of. What are things that, that, that they've been terrified of? Now, I'll just use Joe a little bit. Joseph, when he was small, was scared of thunder, not, not th- thunder, but thunder. Because he couldn't say that, and um, and dump trucks, and 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 snakes. So he'd ask about them when he was three. He'd ask about them every time before he took a nap. About he had a list of like eight things, and those were some. So those are some things you understand. As a small kid, a dump truck could be scary because it, it was loud and th- thunder and and snakes. Right? Yeah. Can, can we say? 
Well, um, so that was Joseph. So Joseph's pretty normal. Joe, that's all I got for you right now. Right now. (laughs) Caitlin, just just hold your breath. Um, Now, Noah was was different. Now, at the age of five, uh, to the chagrin of my wife, Noah started just happened to... Start start watching the Star Wars films and A New Hope and at four at five at, at six, and um and at six and seven I don't know how it happened but he started watching Lord of the Rings just the whole series just called me a bad parent uh, it was her fault I told her don't let him do it and she said it's okay and I said okay why um so things that should have been scary to him as a five year old or six to him like like uh, I think I've got a picture here like it's it's just it's darkness. Scared of darkness. Is it working? The first one. That one. Darth Vader. Now, this should have been scary to to my five-year-old son. It wasn't. Ever. Never. Because we had the force, and his father was strong in the force, so he wasn't scared. Uh, and now, now this in the Lord of the Rings is a little bit more intense. It really is. And if you, sorry if this this scares some of you, but this is orcs and goblins. I like the kid on the end. That's pretty. That's a great shot. Uh, that's how most kids react to an orc or a gob, 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 goblin from the Lord of the Rings. And my son, not scared a lick of these things as a a, a little kid. But what he was scared of was cartoon things. Like this. Nope. Is there sound to this? No, we don't have it plugged in. So, but here, hey, go ahead and stop it because I want you to hear the song. This is, but is there a picture before this one? Of a, yes, okay, he was scared. Okay, now that's a, a, a little bit scary. Now, this is from Brave. Now, now Noah was scared of this when he was 12 or 14. <laughs> So, uh, so a cartoon. This is Mordu uh, from Brave. Okay, so if we got sound now, well, uh, let's, let's start this one up again. It's really, it's like really quiet sound. You had to click some. I would sing it, but I can't remember the words right now. Yeah, but he's saying. Okay, there you go. That okay, wait, wait. Okay, now play again from the start. But you couldn't close your eyes because the room was getting creepy. Were those eyeballs in the closet? Was that Godzilla all right, all in right. the hall? So, so, go to the next slide. Okay, Noah was terrified of the beady eyes. And we're like... Beady eyes, why are you, what are you scared of the beady you know, I could never understand. Then we learned the beady eyes were the eyes right here. The eyeballs in the closet. But because this, okay, you saw the Lord of the Rings stuff, right? Didn't scare him at all. This did. Now, one thing else, I don't know if you've, you've heard this. It's sort of a, a film that's back out. If you were kids, you probably watched it. It was Dora the Explorer, right? And so there's a fox named Swiper who steals things. Swipes, steals, right? And, and he takes it and he grabs the stuff and you go and put his picture up and he runs and what do you yell at the screen? And then what else? You got to say it three times or he won't stop. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. And he goes, oh man. And he gives it back. This scared my son. It makes no sense at all. 
And it's the thing you would least expect to be scary or to be a threat. That was. Um, Honestly, we are living in a scary time right now. And it's not a threat. Oh, no. It's not a threat that is so loud and clear like an orc, and you're like, ugh. It's something that's sort of subtle and, and, and small. And so uh, it's, it's a change here or there. It's a word that used to mean this that doesn't quite mean the same thing. Uh, and there's an agenda. There's a plan be, behind it. Let, let me explain more. My first year of Bible college, I was given a book to read for one class called The Frog and the Kettle. Okay, And this is the 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 premise of the book. Hey, has anyone here ever eaten frog legs before? Just, just curious. All right, look at you brave, brave people. Okay, put your hands up. Frog in the kettle. You know that if you boil a pot of water and a frog jumps into it, or you throw a frog, live frog, into that boiling pot of water, you know what it will do? Jump out. Every time. But if you have a frog that's just chilling in a nice warm pot of water and you turn the stove on and you begin to bring the heat up slowly, you know what the frog will do? It'll cook. It'll stay there. It won't move. And then it'll die like that. And so the whole point is that there are things in this world that aren't abrupt. We're going, I'm never going to be a part of that. But there's little smooth, small changes here or there where the temperature in the pot's being raised really slowly and you don't even see it. You don't even take note of it. But pretty soon, you go, man, it's hot in here, and you're dying, and you're going to be killed by it. Does that make sense at all? What's great about this book, the book was written in 1990, so not an awful long time ago, but it was written for the year 2000. It was for the church going, hey, this is what the world could be like, and this is what some of, some of the things. It believed that in the year 2000, that 50% of churches would have a computer in them. It believed that 60% might even have fax machines in their churches. It's crazy times. I know. But they did say this. They did say they believed that in 10 years that, um, that you could have, we have, we, in 1990, we have 3% of the world at our fing, fing, fingertips. In 2000, we'd have like 95% of the world. Which, now, it didn't talk about phones or how. All that would progress, but it was trying to tell the church, be ready. One day, there won't be books called encyclopedias. Y'all don't even know what those are. I, yeah, I, I read about that once in a book, right? They, they, we used to have like big sets that weighed 40 billion pounds. If you want to look up something, you have to go pull one of those out and see what it said about it from 12 years ago when it was, was written. And it says in, in this book that, hey, one day it'll all fit on one CD. And then we're sort of right. Um. Okay, are you with me still? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I've, I've warned something to look out for. There's a book called Mama Bear Apologetics by Hil- Hilary Fer- Fer- Ferrer. And um, there's an issue she talks about in the book that pertains to our, our text and the words we're going to look at tonight. And it's called, she calls it linguistic theft. Now, that's not an Italian dish. Ling- linguistic is, 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 is words. So, so, so it's a word theft. I call it, uh, there's a word hijacking going on. There are certain words that we use that are being hijacked by the world. Now, we have some words, words that the meaning has sort of changed. It still has one meaning, but now it has two. Because there used to be a word that only had one meaning. It was called sick. 
man, I am sick. Well, that's not good because a long time ago, if you got sick, there's a good chance you were going to die. You're going to be ill for a very long time. And they didn't have the meds we have today. So sick was a very, very bad thing. But all of a sudden, 20 years ago, someone said, man, that is sick. And they meant it in terms of wicked, which wicked meant evil. But now sick and, and wicked can mean awesome. True? So this is a word change, but it doesn't affect us. It's not that pot that gets hot. So these were are sort of, un- we, can, we can flow with this stuff, right? Yeah, we understand sick <coughs> means sick. And s- that is sick means that is sick. Do you all ever use that term still or no? 14 of you do, I'll take it. It's, it's still part of the world. Some of you, I have never, I'll use it though. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, so the problem is there are powerful words today that have been hijacked. And these are words like truth, like justice, to, 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 tolerance, authenticity, and love. Okay. And this is what's important. If you change the direction and meaning of any of these words, you change the culture and belief system of our entire world. If you take these words, words these are big, big words, and you change them, you're going to make that pot hot, and it's going to cook and kill anything that's good inside, inside of it. So, for example, are you with me still? Yes. I know this is sort of a teaching thing. Okay, truth. Okay, this is what truth used to be, and, and I'm not going to even define what it is, but this was sort of the form of what folks believed about truth. There is an ob- obje- objective truth, and it can be known. Okay, that's what everybody used to take for granted. The whole world, yeah, there's objective truth. Now, what that means, objective means this, that it is true for all, 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 all people in all cult, cultures for all time. Objective means it's true for everybody. It's a a clear-cut truth. Like, let's see, uh, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. Right? Now, if we even take all the Ten Commandments, we would say those are objective truths. They're for all all, all people, all cultures for all time. But the world has begun to say, ah, truth isn't really objective. It's subjective, meaning it's true for the one who makes the judgment but may not be true for everybody else. So your true might be true for you, but it's not true for everybody else. Now, they've just made an objective truth by saying that statement. It's called a self-defeating statement because they've just said, well, my truth is objective. What I'm saying is, hey, hey I can judge my feelings, but um, yours may not be the same, so we, we don't have the same plane. They've just made a law, a rule for everybody. Do you get me there? A little bit truth. It's, it's a word that's that's being being used now. The other, uh, a next word. We're going to jump through just a, a few of these because these aren't the main words we're at on tonight. Tolerance. I love that word. Uh, and this is D. A. Car- Carson writes it well. And this is um, uh, has changed from accepting that lots of people have different views, some of which are wrong, to agreeing that all views are equally true. Wait a second. Opposing view. Uh, everybody, hey, and this is the view. Hey, you can't tell me I'm wrong because um, you're not tolerating me. You're not being to- 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 tolerant of me. And now it's gone to the point of if you don't agree with me and like what I believe, 
then you're hateful and a bigot and you're not tolerant at all. Do you see how this has changed? So so the old view was that uh, for tolerance was based on three things. That there is objective truth and it can be known. We we don't have this on the slide. Uh, There was there... um, People believe they know what the uh, what obje- objective truth is. That is the, the for us the word of God. What the world really even at that time would say. Yeah, the word of God gives objective truth. And disagreements, dialogue, debate will give everyone an opportunity to learn, grow, change, and possibly arrive together at the same truth. That was like, hey, we can debate and talk and not hate and not agree. But just sort of see where we get to. And just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I hate you. It's just that I don't agree with you. The new view says this. There's no objective truth that can be known. Once again, self-defeating statement right there. Uh, Second thing, people do do not have the truth, but only what they believe to be the truth. So you don't, not everybody has the truth. You just have what you believe to be the truth. It's true to you, but not to everybody else. And because of this, disagreements, dialogues, and debates are useless and lead to needless conflicts and prejudices. So don't debate me on this because that means you hate me. You're trying to attack my point of view. Have you seen that in the news at all? And let me tell you something. It's getting worse. It's crazy if you um, adults, I encourage you to look at the Social Democratic Convention of 2019, some clips of what they were. This was seen and people were freaking out. And it was the most beautiful stand to go. Just look at this and you'll know why this is this doesn't work. This isn't the way God intended. Um, So truth, tolerance. Third thing is authenticity man we want authentic folks right we want to be authentic yeah do you want folks to be fake around you or like real are you sure because social media media posts don't say that at all i want i want i want everybody in this group if you've got uh facebook or instagram or whatever when you wake up in the morning just take a headshot of yourself with your hair all you just go hey what's up world it's me we don't do that, right? We're, we say we want authenticity, but do we really want authenticity? Um, for the Christian, authenticity was seen when the Bible says, confess your sins one to another. It's what happens at youth camp. And it occurred at camp, or sometimes there's times even at the end of the edge, or even at the end of church for some adults that, 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 that come down, where one person goes to another person and says, can you pray for me about this? This sin is wrecking my life, and I need to, I need to work through it. I need to get past it. That's authenticity. Now, even in the church, people think they're all. Authentic, even some that preach when they brag about sins that they do and go, hey, it's just the way that God made me. And this is occurring in the church, let alone the world. And they go, what? I'm just being authentic, man. I'm just being real. That's not being, that's not being real. That's being rebellious. Amen? Right? Um, the word that we're going to key in on tonight is love. Love. Oh, I know, I know love, Pastor Dick. I'm 12, man. I got a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I know we're talking about, talking about what the Word of God says about love. Um, love used to mean to will the good of another. 
to, 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 to do actions and deeds where you are willing, that you are wanting, that you are doing things for the good of one another around you. That's sort of what, what love was. Love is becoming, uh, to love someone means to blindly accept whatever that person believes, even if it's his or her belief contradicts reality. That, hey, you may not agree with it, but man, you just blindly accept whatever they say. There was a guy that did an interview on a college camp- campus, saw it like a week or two ago. And he was talking about, do you accept folks? And they go, yeah, even if it lo- it's, a, it's a guy who looks like a girl or whatever, I accept whoever it is. And he, the guy says to one girl, I, he, and he's like a 5'8 like a white guy. He, say, he said, I'm a 6'5". Chinese woman. Do you believe that? And she goes, well, if that's true for you, well, we're smoking something crazy, right? I mean, it just makes no sense at all. So to love someone means to blindly accept whatever that person believes, even if his or her belief contradicts reality. Remember, God defines love in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 6. It says, the love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. So when you are in sin and someone confronts you about that and you go, man, you just don't love me. You're being judgmental. You're being hateful. Do you know that that love does not rejoice in wrong, but rejoices in the truth? The most loving thing you can do with a friend in sin is to confront them in that sin. The world will say, no, 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 you can't do that. God's word says that's what you must do. Do not let this word be stolen away from us. So when we study scripture, when we look at the word of God, see what God means for them to be and live that out. Quit taking what the world says it's supposed to be and look at, see, see what the word of God says it's supposed to be. And when, when someone says, you know, one of the thing is, um, is there's a phrase that they use for uh, you can love anyone of any gender of any age. Okay, and the any age is being added to it. Now, you know what the phrase they use for that? That sounds great. Love, 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 love is love. love. Love is love. Now, how, 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 how do you fight against that? Right? How do you fight against these things when they go, well, truth might be true for you, but it's not, not really true for me. The one thing you can ask about all these things is, well, what, what do you mean by that? When someone says, well, love is love, ask them this. So what do you mean by that? Get the questions going because as they begin to talk things just don't make sense things don't add up so all right look at first peter chapter 4 verse 8 y'all are doing great we're hitting the text now sorry that took so long it says above all keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins show hospitality to one another without grumbling as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of god's varied grace look at verse 8 verse 9 verse 10 it says three things loving one another showing hospitality to one another verse 10 serve one another what's the key phrase there one another right don't miss that part love is not about how you protect yourself and look out for you it's what you're doing for other people what are you willing to lay down i love the word where it says earnestly love one another um when i think of that word earnestly uh for some of us and you would you could probably apply this too i immediately think about my dog 
My dog's name is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know you're stunned at that. How do you get that name? Uh, he's actually 12, just turned 12 about a week ago, and he's, we actually refer to him as Old Ben now. Uh, you would understand that if you understand Star Wars. Uh, uh, but Obi-Wan acts like it's Christmas morning every time someone walks in the house. I mean, he is flipping out. Before you're walking in the door, he is yelping. He is prancing. He is doing all this stuff. As you walk inside, he just wants to jump on you. He wants to lick you. I'm not saying if you love one another and say you lick each other, that's weird. Don't do that. But man, he is all in. You can walk out of the house for eight minutes. You come back in, he acts the same way. What would it be like, though, if we loved each other earnestly? That we were seriously, man, it's so good to see you. Man, I hope you're doing all right. Is there any way I can pray for you? Is there any way I can help? What can I do to help you out this week? What if we, we, we did this earnestly thing and we really did it? It reminds me of the, my dog reminds me of the dog Doug, Doug from, from up, right? I will love him and I will, yeah, right? You know, Doug is, is uh, hopping up and down and he's saying, this is what my dog says. I could be wrong, but he's saying, I miss you. I love you. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. Yes. What if we did that with everybody we were around? Maybe not jumping up and down because that would be weird. But what if we treated them like that? And then look at at this. How how do we do this type of love? Look here in verse 11. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Now, oracles of God is sort of a big phrase. Oracles here means this, the very words of. Okay, the very words of God. So, so put that in there. So whoever speaks is one who speaks the very words of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong, belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So there's two things. And we're almost at the end of this. Okay, two things. One, we speak love by speaking the very words of God. What do you do? How do we do this love thing? Man, we speak the very words of God. How do we know what love is? First John says this, we love because he first loved us. That's how we know what love is. The love that he has shown us through the death and burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on, on the cross. That love that you felt when salvation came to your life, where you put your faith in Christ, that love. And it might be some in this room tonight where you go, man, I know I'm sin, sin, I sin I'm, or I have trouble and I'm separated. I'm not with God at all. God made a way. He made a way where he, he had his son live a perfect, sinless life and died as a sacrifice on the cross. And the cross didn't kill him, but God took the sins of mankind, laid him on the sun for those who believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You want to have faith uh, in Christ? You want to be forgiven of your sins? Put your faith in the completed work of, G- of Jesus Christ. We, we speak love by speaking the very words of, of, of God. What, well, I don't really know the words of God. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. The most loving thing we can do with anybody we meet is speak the words of God to them. The most loving thing. Two, we serve love through our actions one to another. See, we can't just love by what we say. If we just say it and we don't do anything, we don't help, we don't hug, we don't give, we don't serve. If we don't do that, 
our words aren't going to mean anything. So these speaking the words of God have got to be accompanied by these actions of, of, of service. And what's the point? Why do we love like this? It says here at the end of, of verse 11. It says, uh, in, in, in order that in everything God may be glorified. God, the creator of the world, deserves all the glory. He, he has saved us. He has changed us. He has given us hope when we had no hope. Why do we do it? For his glory. And it says to him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. That's why we love this way. So can, can, can I ask you, when you hear the word love thrown around outside of the church or wherever you're at on TV, make sure you take note of what they mean by what that love is. And take note of what God's love means and says. And some of you, man, I just want to be loved like that. If, and this is the best advice I can give you. You want to be loved like that? Start loving like that. You go, man, no one loves me like that. Well, start, start loving like, like that, and you will find it. When we quit, say one another, one another. It's not about you. It's about honoring God, serving, loving one another. Yeah? You good? Let's pray, and we're going to be dismissed. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. Just a chance just to talk about your word and sort of your truth tonight. God, I know it was a different type of let, a, let, a, let, a lesson. But God, help us beware of the, the traps of the world and uh, how words are hi- hijacked and stolen and there's an agenda behind them. But God, this is what I do know, that you're bigger. God, if there's anybody in this room, they do not have a relationship with you. God, I ask that, that you'll give them the, the courage to admit that they're a sinner. Lord, give them the courage to turn away from that sin. And God, by faith, put their trust in, the, in, in your sacrifice that you gave, forgiving them of their sins, giving you a right relationship with God. God, if there's anybody that comes to mind as we're even, we sit here that we go to school with or that we live down the street with or that we are living in our own home with, that, God, we just need to speak the words of God to them in love and love them that way. Lord, just let their names come to mind. And, Lord, give us opportunity to be faithful to whatever you call us to do. Uh, For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.